Uh, okay, yeah. Sorry, these are new headphones. Say, talk again. I, I'm talking, and I said, you look amazing with your mustache. There we go. Okay. There you go. Your yeah. mustache is fucking sick. Yeah, that's all, that's all I've been saying since this whole time. Yeah, I kind of forgot it was on my face when we fired this up, and I was just like, oh, yeah, a little surprise for my boy. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brand Dana sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 223 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brand Dan, and with me, as always, the call before, after, and during the storm. Most awesome. Ooh, I like it. I'm all, yeah. I'm, all, I'm all seasons on this podcast. You can handle it. You're just not flappable. I was thinking about you. I was like, what do I want to do before, you know, the kind of the intro on this one as I was typing it? Usually I like to, you know, riff from current events, little, you know, riff from the headlines. We'll sparkle it up there. But I was just like, no, yeah, maybe a little, little compliment, a little tip of the map to you, bro. Tip of the map, I think. I like that. Dynamite. So how you doing, baby? Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Look at that. Look at that. We were racing to get to that spot. How you doing, brother? What's I'm doing on? awesome, man. I'm doing really good. I, uh, you know, just fun little family day. It's always enjoyable. Summer's here. Kids are officially out of school, playing, having fun, you know, playing with Commish Jr.'s monster trucks, getting them all muddy, running around. It's a good time. More so are, we starting, are we starting camps yet? No, well, uh, 2.0 did cheerleading camp, and that finished up on Friday. That was really fun. This was a bit bit of an interesting move on her part because Kamishat did not want to do it, but 2.0 did. So 2.0 all by herself. Whoa. Really kind of just going in there, throwing herself into this one-week camp. She enjoyed it. It was really funny. She was like, she told me this morning at breakfast, she's like, Daddy, I didn't make any friends at camp. And I was like, oh, it's like, that's all right, buddy. I was like, it's only like four. It was only four days. Like, it's, you know, yeah, you guys are all like kindergartners barely moving into first grade. So, right. I wouldn't worry about it at all. And I don't think she was upset by it. I think she was just more like a matter of fact by it. And I was like, also, I was like 2.0. It's not really like you, you your sister always likes to go up and meet people. And you are a little bit more. I didn't tell this to her. I was just thinking this. She's a little bit more like quiet, reserved. She lets things kind of come to her. So it's going to yeah. be harder for her to strike up a little friendship four days into a camp for like an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just glad. I mean, you say a phrase like that, like it just feels like, all right, so she walked up and she ripped your heart out is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. It is so, one of those things. Let me like, get my composure because I'm weeping. I'm, I would be happy to be your friend next year. Right, I'm fine right. with going to that cheerleader camp. Yeah, I will yeah, go there. I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll exactly. do the But yeah, that, it is one of those things where kids do say stuff and it's, I, you know, you have to, you know, talking about being unflappable, you got to kind of play it close to your cards, close to the vest. Because sometimes they will dot you between the eyes with some heavy shit and sometimes you're just like oh i just think like it doesn't bother you at all like you know what i mean you're like yeah i think it's what you talked about before also it's just kind of like writing their energy like if they fall down and hurt like it's like you're okay as opposed to you looking panicked so if she's like like i didn't make any friends like i said if you man we're getting into an impromptu parenting but it's just like didn't make any friends like you just kind of just like yeah it's a short camp like not a big deal so it's just like exactly like a weird thing and and that's the thing is is i you know and that stuff i think she's got plenty of friends and like all of the I, I went and saw you know 
it, I'd be worried if it was like a continuing trend, but I did go one day Kamishette had like a dentist appointment. So I had to pick her up, drop her off. And when I dropped her off, they were all out for uh, like recess and like all of the younger grades second through like kindergarten were all out there. So I got to drop, drop off Kamishette and see 2.0, 2.0 on the playground, holding court as she does, comes running over a gaggle she introduces me to all, like basically like every girl in her class so you know it, maybe if i don't have those maybe i am getting a little more concerned but at least i have that i'm like all right well you know socially i know she's she's doing the right thing so you know she'll be fine that's all you need to see and listeners you got two friends on this podcast it's most awesome brand and is going to take you through the entire episode 223 we're doing a rip from the headlines guys we're doing nba finals through game four doing judge jury and mab kushner Doing this Top Gun lawsuit that's coming up. Going to take a look about that. Going to hit a quick inbox. Neapolitan Showdown. We're doing top movies you're excited to see as a kid. Oh, yeah. Doing Brandon and Gambling Corner. Going to do a little MVP versus just betting the team straight up odds for the NBA Finals. And then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. NBA Finals through Game Four. What we talk about that this week, brother? We're talking about it because Game Four just finished up. We got ourselves a series two two. We do. Who's going to win this series? Let's do. Let's just. We we like to take these big hacks at the beginning. Big hacks, man. Oh man. So we're going back to Golden State. We got two left in Golden State. Yeah, Golden State in six is what we were kind of married to. Golden State is what we're kind of married to. This might look like a golden state in seven though you know what i mean i don't know if boston's gonna go out on their home floor i you know i and we're gonna finally branch off and go two different directions i weirdly this will start the conversation that we need to have yes i now have boston in six oh <gasps> i there just hasn't like i watched these two teams mm-hmm. and it's you know, there's, and we'll get into this because I want to re-rank our top six just in the series through four games. We did it with the first two games. Yep. But honestly, like if you if you take out that that first game, like how many quarters have we seen Golden State win over Boston? And I think it's only been since that like game one where they won three of the quarters and they lost the fourth. Like I think it's only been three out of these twelve quarters that I really think Golden State was the better team, and that's all the third quarters. Yeah, and and one this game for a fourth quarter for sure. I I mean I guess, but it was still like I don't even know if I would really say that. I mean, I guess Golden State was technically better because I mean no shit like they overcame right. the what I, it seemed like they overcame like what was it tied up when we had in the fourth or were they down by down by three maybe two? But anyway, they they did most of their damage, most of the catching up in that third quarter. Third quarter and, yes, and the game was a lot closer than it seemed like. They did win by 10, but some weird fouls started happening. Maybe that's a point we can go to right now. Like, now that I'm kind of on the Boston bandwagon, it just seems like, you know, the second, third, fourth best player in the series, then we talk about fifth, is on Boston. They seem to dominate. I think Boston's problem is when they get behind, they don't trust their game plan. They get really tight. And I think we saw that in the fourth quarter yesterday where it's just kind of like they went all threes. And I think that's their detriment. I really like this Boston team if they can get up. And it seems like they have enough talent and they're super aggressive in that first quarter where I expect them to be up in the remainder of the games in the first quarter. 
Yes, I would agree with you. I did a, I did a fun thing for myself. I ranked pre-game four my top six, and then post-game four my top six, just because I was like, there's been, you know, the top two. I think we will we'll probably remain pretty consistent. I've got Steph obviously one. Yeah, let's go through it. So this is pre. This is pre-game four. Pre-game four, yeah. Steph. Okay. Yep. J- Jalen Brown. That's my two spot. Yep. That's my two spot. And and Jason Tatum. Then I had Al Horford because I was still think I was okay. holding on to that second half game one. Um, yeah. Clay Thompson, and then I couldn't really decide on because Clay Thompson and I had that big, even though they lost game three. Looked like he kind of regained his shooting touch. I think he had like twenty five points or twenty plus points. Looked pretty good. Um, I thought he was kind of ascending to that second fiddle for for uh, um, Golden State. And then I had like a tie between Robert Williams and Marcus Smart. I really love the way Robert Williams like impacts. He doesn't get a lot of shots up, but he rebounds. He blocks a ton of shots. And he's a real problem for Golden State defensively, especially with uh, um, Draymond Green. Like he almost – Draymond cannot play against – Robert Williams on the other end. He, he's just getting out man physically. He can't stay with him. You know what I mean? So after game three, so we did these rankings through two, and we had Draymond Green in our four spot. But after game three, you had Draymond Green dropping out of your top six. Yeah. Yep. yeah. He, he's yeah. gone. And no no spoilers, he ain't making it in for game four either. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's, yeah, let's go over there. So through four. So uh, just give us your... What was your four, five, six before four, real fast? Uh, Horford, Clay Thompson, and Robert Williams. Okay, and and I, and and I had Marcus Smart, kind of like you can you could talk me into that in that six spot. Okay, so through four, let's go through our top six. So Steph Curry, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. My my top three stays locked. My same here, same same here. Yeah, and then so here's my four spot. I did have it took me a little longer. Well, I guess I didn't. I did do a didn't do a ranking before three. I just, I looked at my rankings after two where I had Draymond Green at four. So yes, Draymond Green for me obviously dropped out of my top six. And in that four spot, I have Marcus Smart. I mean, there's just so like, even if like he's almost the, he's he's almost like the bizarro Draymond Green or like kind of what it takes to like that, that energy life force for the Celtics. Like, cause you know, you can kind of see mm-hmm. Tatum can disappear a little bit. Um, like Brown doesn't really seem like he kind of has that alpha dog just court presence. And it's like Marcus Smarts brings that like the, obviously the conference to shoot the three, like some ill-advised, but you know, at least a big enough percentage for it to go down, but it always seems like his teammates want him out there and yes. he has those energy and that scrappy play and kind of brings the team together. So I think four is earned. And I think it goes back to what I was saying, where it's just like, you know, you look at the top four players, three of them are Celtics. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with Marcus smart. Um, I had him bumping up into the he's in my five spot, Marcus Smart. And I, I look at him and I think Bill Simmons has talked about this a lot on his podcast. I don't know. What is his podcast? Is maybe we should give him a shout out. I don't know if these are doing all that well. Not familiar. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll give we'll throw him a bone. Bill, sure. if you're listening, we're here for you, buddy. Yeah. Um but he is the irrational confidence guy of mm-hmm. the Boston Celtics. And to your point, when you have two your best two players 
neither really have the alpha, I'm going to get the fuck out of my way, I'm going to take over this game. You almost need that false bravado, that you know, that confidence that's going to like, all right, well, if Marcus thinks we can do it, I guess we can. And some bad shots. He had, he had some stinkers in the third quarter. I do remember there was a couple like, why don't you just sit a few plays out here, Marcus? Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think he is that like, that overconfidence is important for the Celtics. My number four, mm-hmm. and he, he jumped up quite a bit after game four performance. He was huge for Golden State, had awesome defense, 17 points, 16 boards. 16 boards yeah. was like record of boards for his. Yep. Record of boards for his. Andrew Wiggins at four. I think he was huge. They need somebody to get I have, I have him in my five spot. Yeah. Have him at five? That's, that's okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. So we just have him flip flopped. Yeah. So you got him there. Yeah, it was just like uh, he was kind of itching at it to, you know, it doesn't necessarily have that presence of like where he's going to try to take the ball from Clay Thompson, but just was there in the right spots, like fighting for those, like a a lot of great slashes. I mean, like if you want to talk about slashing to the bucket, just size-wise, I mean, Steph can get there, but he's always a little outsized and try to draw contact. Like Wiggins just kind of has a little bit, like it's almost probably Tatum Light would be too far to take it, but just that ability to like get those odd angles, go up Mm -hmm. early and be able to like finish off those layups. There was a great play of Wiggins. I don't remember if it's the second quarter. I think it was the third quarter where I loved it because it showed aggressiveness. Where uh, when, think, when he missed it, he followed his own miss on that layup? There was that. The followed okay. his own miss. I was thinking more of he got the rebound on the defensive end, probably like free throw line extended, turn and went up and saw like the sea the was parted. And rather than like slowly take it up, you could see him like, basically like ramping up velocity to where he went right into the body. I think it was actually Williams that he went right into the body, made a really tough layup and they were all barking for a foul on that. He kind of did like a Euro step into him finished in the lane. It was just kind of like, I think Wiggins earlier in the season or in his career, but even earlier in this series would like, kind of hold up hold up assess what's going on this one he just went right at it he was like i got the lane i'm gonna take it we want to push um i i was like all right this is a invested i'm ready to play and i'm going after it andrew wiggins yeah absolutely like he has he just has that presence power and just like you said like his velocity where and you see this in the guys that like that they're confident they can't defend. And it's like, no one else on Golden State has this. Like when he takes yeah. off from the three point line or like he gets that fast break or he gets those two steps, like you see like defenders not jumping up and that's a telltale sign that defenders yeah, are just like, yeah. that's too powerful. Like we can't stop it. Like there's no reason to put him in an and one situation because we ain't stopping this dunk. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the most frustrating thing of Andrew Wiggins' career is because everyone knows he's fully capable of doing it. He just doesn't unleash it all the time and i don't know if it's like if it's like a processing he's unconfident he doesn't want to i'm not really sure what it is but there are some times where it's like i mean that luca dunk i mean that was like that what you know that that was something that we saw that was like oh my god he should be doing this all the time he can go up and dunk on anyone that he wants uh, or at least drive to lane and get get fouled as much as he wants is this the best eight-game stretch that we've seen Andrew Wiggins in his NBA career? I mean, through that Dallas series, a hundred percent. And that, and here's a here's a set. I mean, he kind of game two and three, he wasn't even all that great. You know what I mean? He wasn't great. I mean, he's getting his average 17, 18 points, but we didn't even see the aggressiveness. Even I think in game three, there's a clip you can see it where 
Igudala is like playing with him to fucking pick it up and like bark it and like you could see the emotion in in Igudala, you know, just kind of like imploring Wiggins to be like, you got to do this, you have to do it. I don't know what their conversation was about. They really got to go into it, but clearly he was like, you, whatever it is, you got to fucking turn it on now. Yeah, because there's a little bit of difference. Like nobody wants that guy. Like, and I think. You know, um, Draymond Green crosses this line all the time where it becomes a little bit too much about the individual and not the team. Like, nobody wants that. Nobody wants the guy that's yelling each time and trying to make it about him. But it's also like, I want my NBA stars. I want, and right now Wiggins is in the two slot for this Golden State Warriors team that's trying to get a chip. It's just like, I, you need your star to look like he gives a shit about winning. That he's passionate about winning, which is, let's talk six. And then I want to talk Jason Tatum a little bit. Who's in your sixth spot? My six is Robert Williams. I fucking, I'm, I'm really enjoying him play. I think it defensively he unlocks a lot of stuff for Boston and he takes like, he's nothing but energy and like catching fucking oops and cleaning up offensive rebounds on the back end. I mean, he kind of got a little quiet in that second half, but when he's, when he's on the floor, Boston is plus in points, meaning they're they're his box plus minus. He is consistently in the positive. He was the highest. I think he was finished at the game at plus six for when, He's on the floor. The Boston outscored Golden State by six points when he's on the floor. I think he is a super underrated facet of uh, of the Celtics. Yeah, it's good. I just had to keep mine a little balanced. I had to give Clay Thompson that sixth spot just because there were like a couple of. He seemed to. Sh- he's still not the Clay Thompson. It seems like you know he could be dethroned at number two, and I do want to see. And yeah. we'll talk about this after Tatum a, a little bit more. I think Poole should be eaten in some of those. Clay Thompson minutes. I know that you talk wisely about this. Like that's, a, you're saying a lot because that's a big defensive liability. Like it's not just about getting a better three point percentage out there. It's also like kind of like size, which makes total sense. We'll jump into that. Remind me to talk a little bit about that. But I want to go into Jason Tatum right now. Do we have like a little Devin Booker situation? Like is the proof in the pudding through four games that Jason Tatum isn't going to be that level of superstar that we talked, or is it like too early to tell he needs this rep and maybe he comes back next year with a different chip on his shoulder? It's a great comparison in the Devin Booker camp. Yeah, because right? we all like everyone thought like last year is just like, oh, we're watching it. This yep. is how stars become superstars. Like this is what you know the young guys need, especially now that the door's wide open with kind of like you know Durant like LeBron James those guys getting older it's just like okay we're about to see a couple of these guys step through and like you know we're seeing it seems like Luca and maybe it's not fair because we're not seeing Luca as deep in these series as we're seeing these other guys but it's like Booker specifically and Tatum like we see we're seeing them enough on the biggest stage in these and there's just games where just like vanish mm-hmm. vanish and not, not like but like you can vanish and but if I see your face like give a shit about your struggling or you're like creating jump balls or like you're just like ramping up your defense because you're just so hungry to get like the offense going like i can see that and give you a pass on the numbers but if it's just like where were you that second half that becomes a problem yeah 100 percent. and uh and i think like i think like for booker booker has never been a very good defensive player and i don't think tatum is you know, i'd say tatum is an average defensive player i mean considering the the size and kind of athleticism that he has you would think like all right my buck the buckets aren't you know falling in some of those earlier games he was shooting pretty well in game games three and four but if it isn't falling you know offensively then i gotta find a way to like make some stops make some plus plays on the defensive end tip a ball here or there and with devin booker that just isn't happening right his ability to kind of take over a game just is not happening i mean we always think about 
you know, Michael Jordan in the, you know, in that uh, final Utah series, right? Where he kind of has that little push off on Byron Russell, hits the jumper, kind of poses for it. But what everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people forget is, is that all started with Jordan fucking lurking behind Carl Malone and slapping the ball yeah. out of his hands for that steal, taking it down the court. So this is like defense, you know, leads to offense, right? And I don't think we would ever anticipated Jason Tatum-esque play or a Devin Booker style play of that. So I love your point of the, on the defensive end or doing something or being hungry for it, yeah. kind of unlock the offense a little bit. Um, he is, and we're in this interesting thing. And, and I read an article that it's like, you know, the stars are the, are the guys that dominate the playoffs, but like you've got, you had uh, the Booker and the Phoenix Suns making the finals last year and then this Boston Celtics team, which has really been like, yes, they have the star, but it hasn't been like the, you know, apex top five guy in the league that is, you know, just carrying them on their back. It, this is like, um, you know, this is like an amoeba of a basketball team. And it's like, you have to try and find our weakness because one through five that we're putting out there, we really don't have too many guys that take too much off the table when they're out there, right? There's no, there's nothing that you can look to exploit, right? If, yeah. if Miami was out there, you look, you'd be looking at running at Marcus or Max Struch and Gabe Vincent and Kyle Lowry. I mean, you'd be trying to isolate those guys all the time with Boston. It's really kind of hard. I mean, Al Horford, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, those guys that we just went through on our, our top five through six is your top, you know, seven, those guys, they all are pretty good basketball players and they they all do things pretty well across the board they're all you know average to above average defenders they all can shoot a little bit you know what i mean they're all you know they 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 bring things on both sides of the end of the of the court so i know we've talked about stars and the big three but in the last two finals have we seen just teams where it's like all right we just want to minimize our our weaknesses we don't necessarily need to go all in get you know the three best players in the league so we can get a title. Maybe we just have to have the best eight man rotation with as little variance in between that, you know, that top and maybe one all-star or one, you know, all NBA second team guy on there to, to lead us to, uh, to victory. Yeah. Normally we don't see that, right? Like normally no. it is like, you know, we get a Giannis, which is, you know, fighting right. to be like the number one in the league, you know, before that was that bubble season before that, I guess. Yeah, LeBron James. I mean, you think about it. When's the last team? Probably that, like you know, that Pistons team, right? That beat the Lakers team, where it's like to a man, it's like they didn't really have a dominant star. Maybe, yeah. maybe uh, that Spurs team that one where Kawhi won the MVP. I know they had Tim Duncan, but he was an older Tim Duncan, and so was Tony Parker. So we're probably like two in the last like twenty, you know. 20-ish years or so, 22 years. It doesn't happen all that often, but we've seen now in the last two finals teams that are kind of like they don't have, you know, a top three guy or top five guy in the league on their team. Yeah, it just seems like for – then we'll wrap it real fast because I do want you to give us one. Well, we'll do what we did last time and just finish with our what is each coach looking or screaming at their team right now when they wrap it up. And then mine will give you opportunity to talk about that Clay Thompson point with Poole. But, yeah, just like – I. Everything I've seen is just like Boston looks like the more complete basketball team. Mm-hmm. If if they just 
you know, if they don't get addicted to the three, which they only seem to fall into the trap of if they're trailing. It just seems like that youth comes out, that inexperience, that nervousness to like, it's almost to get that lead they're entitled to, you know, it's just like, oh, these threes will go down. It just, they're just so much more fluid and comfortable and like, you know, creating those turnovers when, when they have that lead. So it's mm-hmm. scary when it gets away from it. And every time it almost gets away from, I mean, in game three, you know, they were, they let the Warriors back in it again. You know, they were yeah. Warriors up by one in the third quarter. That, yeah, that's the scariest thing about this Boston team. And that's the thing is I just, I'm, I'm, I'm hard pressed to see Boston go in, win game five, even though I think they're a better team on the road. You know what I mean? Because they know yeah. that they, they got to, they have to, because then it's, then it's, they got to win on the road in game seven. Game five is a much more important game to them than, than you know, I would say game seven. This is a dumb I know. Dumb yeah, that's a good point. You know? No, for sure. But looking back, like, I mean, it's everyone's looking for, you know, to call it a must win or everything. But that, like, last night was a must, must win for the Golden State Warriors because yes. neither one of these teams are beating the other three in a row. Right. It, that just ain't happening. That's not going right. down. Exactly. Um, okay. So, the last point what are, uh, what's number one going in for each team? Golden State. Um, I'll start. Golden State, I think you need to give Jordan Poole some of Clay's minutes. For whatever reason, I don't know if that refocuses Clay, makes his legs less heavy, gives. But it seems like an opportunity. Like you might as well, the way Clay's been shooting, get your up and coming star. Like use this as an opportunity too. I know it's on the biggest stage, but mm-hmm. let him get those finals minutes and really just try to cement him as you know, like one of the top ten shooters in the league. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, I think that's. I think that's in. I think it's a challenge. Although I would say Curry has been playing defense. Like Curry has been invested on both ends. Curry has had big rebounds. So maybe he isn't the defensive liability that we kind of typically assign to him. I think he's been Curry? way better on Curry. Yeah. yeah. I think he's been way better on the defensive end than, than I think we even allow ourselves to give, give him credit for. Um, so that's why, that's why a, is it? Is like, is it like for defense? And let's just play it like really simple for maybe our audience that are just fairweather NBA fans, like even like myself, that just kind of jumps up in the postseason and really mm-hmm. starts paying attention. What is it about these guys? Like, is it just as simple as like laziness? If someone's not a good defender, is it size? Is it I don't want to wear out my legs because I want to keep that going for the fast break, so I'm more likely to like let myself get beat a little bit. Like, what is it that makes someone not a two way player? I think it's i think it's focus it starts with focus and then like conservation of energy and i think guys that you know i don't want to say it's conditioning the guys that think it's like all right like i don't want to wear myself out because i got to go down the other end james harden looks at it from that perspective well yeah sure yeah. you know exactly james harden look at it like i gotta get to the club i don't <laughs> want my legs to be tired I want my right, right, exactly. <laughs> so so i do think that there is an, an element of that and i think i think some guys you know they they've talked a lot about it in the finals but steph has like really committed his body he's gotten a lot stronger he's become a lot more physical and he's just been smarter about it too like defending in the nba can be a bit of a fucking nightmare right because it's there's everyone's super good very athletic it's a challenge and to like to to be on the other end of it and and be you know be an offensive guy like curry and can shoot and do whatever you know i think that there's more of like um instinct and practice that can take over there whereas 
on the defensive end, like you have to be so focused. You have to be watching everything kind of moving and happening. You don't really get to control as much on the offensive end. And it's, you know, the reaction, it's harder. It is just, it is a, it is a fucking challenge to sit there and have to like read where the screener's coming. What's my guy doing? The conversation that's happening, the, you, I think it's so, so it's so it's not just it's, so it's not laziness like if mm. someone's a bad defender it's not straight because you're right because like steph on the other offensive end he does like to run his guy around and i mean yeah. that's a strategic thing like he's always moving offensively which opens shit up like so it's like a legit like you almost got to make a choice like i'm giving 70 percent to my offense 30 percent to my defense but like if i get slipped a little bit instead of giving that extra burst of energy i gotta save that and just give up the bucket sometimes yep yeah exactly and i think you know, in this finals, Steph has been way more locked in. And, and it's the difference between, you know, game 52 on the road after a back-to-back, you know, uh, in February. And it's like, all right, well, the guy's going to get a bucket. I'm not going to kill myself for it, you know, versus the finals where it's like, I'm fucking locked in. But it's it's hard to have that switch and to be able to flip it. You know what I mean? It takes some, some understanding of the game. So, and I think we just kind of assigned Steph with that from years prior but he's been much better this year. But anyways, so to your point is, is Clay Thompson for pool, Clay Thompson for pool. If they do oh, yeah, pool for Clay Thompson. Yeah. 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 They gotta, they gotta figure out something on the back end, right? Like now you're going two smalls in the backcourt. Does that mean you gotta have Wiggins? Are you putting Looney back there? You've got to figure out is, is Draymond in there? Now it's like, all no, right. So no now Draymond. I got two, but yeah, that's the thing is, is I got two bad, offensive guys on the other end so now we're kind of playing three on five a little bit on the defensive end so that's the thing is is i think the spacing of the the you know and there's minutes it'll be interesting there's minutes where steph and pool are on the on the court so it's like i gotta see you know defensively what that what that looks like what that crossover looks like but i do like what your point is is like we need some bursts of of points here and we can't always be looking steph can't go for 43 every night and just bury buckets all the time. Yeah, and that's why. Yeah, that's why I have. That's why I just have Boston now because it seems like that's that's the. There's one thing that's yeah. not sustainable to me, and that's Steph breaking forty points each game. And it feels like if he doesn't do that, I haven't seen anything else that's close to. Because I mean, you know, what, we don't have to get too much of the weeds in and get it, but it still seems like they're patchworking things together, and it's still barely enough. And Steph has to go like absolutely berserk for it to happen. Yeah, I can't. Ha- I, I I can't have you not making three or two two or three threes a quarter for us to, to fucking be in it you know what I mean? that's what he has to do yeah. you, you know uh for boston <clears throat> well what's your golden what's your golden state now Gold, golden state i think that that's a good one i would say it's I, we got to figure out uh to to ratchet up the defensive event you know energy like we did in game two we got to have that coming out of the shoot uh here in game five again that's we gotta we gotta fucking punch them in the mouth we cannot let them get into a rhythm um for for Boston, it's got to be turnovers, and particularly it's got to be Jason Tatum. He has some stretches where turnovers are just—it's fucking—it's like he's. Making, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He had like six or seven in the third quarter six, last night, right? Uh, he had six on the game. He had oh. probably he had a handful in that third quarter. He had two back to back in the third quarter that I was like, "Fuck, come on, man!" You know what I mean? You're just. Yeah. You're not reading this correctly at all. He plays very loose with the basketball at times. But I don't want to specifically just say Jason Tatum because they're all a little sloppy in the third quarter. And I don't want to keep sitting there going, all right, fucking, we stink in the third quarter. But it's got to be turnovers. You got to, you got to, can't play tight in, uh, or you can't play loose with the basketball. Can't give fucking, 
uh, Golden State too many transition buckets. Yeah, because they get off the races. Uh, and my boss and I already brought it up on here before. It was just uh, don't get reliant on the three when playing from behind. Like just trust, sure. trust your game plan. Get back to it. Don't turn the ball over. Um, all right, man. It was a great series. Really excited about it. All right, Judge Jury Babacutioner. We've done the segment before, guys. Something. Okay, I went kind of like. There you go. Okay, now, 70s on it. I like it. I'm doing like night court now. That smoke coming up from the New York I told the story when my brother got grounded for life from night court. Whoa. He got fucking. He got, he, got, for he got booked for night court. He got kicked, kicked up. That'd be hilarious if he's listening. Yeah, he got grounded for life. Um, so there was a yeah. We'll say we'll say it. like just remind me to say it. like he so quoted it, something off night court in school as like a third grader frowned upon. Oh, so he yeah, quoted so, bull. Greta bull. Yeah, brought a bull quote <laughs> to school. And then, uh, or what yeah, was John so Lithgow's character's name? Shit, I don't remember what John Lithgow's character's name was. Uh, what was he did all the salacious. Yeah. He was he was a fucking cad. Yeah, he was a little was saucy boy. <laughs> he was. Um, all right, Judge Jury, Mappacutioner. We we take a look at a situation that is kind of out there in the media, and then we give our ruling after we gather just enough facts for us to feel decent about our takes, which like it. doesn't take a lot of facts. This is what's going on right now. We're talking about Top Gun. Um, the lawsuit. So what's going on? I'm going to re- uh, read you what's going on with this. Maybe you guys have seen it. Maybe you hear about this? Hear about this? Beep, 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 beep. I didn't uh, hear but... about it until you texted me about it. So you did? Okay, I, was, so I was in the dark. Gun, Top, Top Gun, Gun Mavericks, Mavericks getting sued. Okay. So nearly four decades ago, Paramount secured rights to Top Guns, an article published in the May 1983 issue of the now-folded California magazine. Yanni, who is the writer, received a writing credit for the article on the original 1986 film. So the original mm-hmm. Top Gun, this guy that Top Guns was in this magazine. Uh, Yanni is the, was the author of the story, gets a writing credit for it, the screenplay by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. So in 2018, Yanni uh, has passed away, uh, but his heirs filed for what's known as termination rights in 2018. So now they argue that is with them, not Paramount, who currently owns the underlying rights to make any movies based on Top Guns, the original article. They claim Paramount didn't ask for permission or pay them to make Maverick. You get the story? Get what's going on here? No, that's great. It's a great breakdown. Guy writes an article. They make Top Gun. They're like, all right, fuck it. Like we did, we came across your article. Fucking Don Simpson comes up from blow and cocaine. So this is amazing. (laughs) Airplanes, let's do it. He's fucking fired up. Does it allegedly? Allegedly, allegedly. No, 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 not allegedly. With Don <laughs> oh, Simpson, the movie was, yeah, yeah. His his fucking book is not alleged at all. His oh, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so clearly we have here, right, a through line. Right now we're yeah. now we're now we're rolling out, and I think it's important to note that Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, who's credited with characters by in Top Gun Maverick. Cash and Epps, right? From yeah. the, yeah, the original, the original screenplay. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think that this is like, to me, this seems like a pretty slam dunk thing. Oh, you think Yanni? You think Yanni's heirs 
have the rights to i think so right they do all the right things they now in, in 19 oh you're oh you're okay i like this in 1978 all right they rule on copyright laws in 1978 i'm gonna i'm gonna cite copyright law uh-huh. uh mason versus dixon i don't know if that's true or not but we're going with it okay copyright law 19, 1978 they say anything written has a 35 year lifespan to which then if you can file for the termination letter that that yanni and his heirs is is and they did this they did this in 2018 prior yeah. to the filming of uh maverick so they they do their due diligence they're right on there they file with it now they have the rights of it back now you've got maverick which is based on top gun based, which is based, on, based on top yeah so we're getting three times a move like things get inspired by inspiration like whoever created a wheelchair doesn't owe like the creator of a chair that put like wheels oh, on. Like, i thought you were gonna go the creator of the wheel I thought <laughs> no like no it's like yeah it's almost rock like from the it's, yeah the stone age it's just like you get inspired by things and it's like it gets like so many times removed like i get like the original thing i'm behind like you read the article and it's like hats off to him also like not trying to be sneaky be like we came across this article we'd like to make a movie about this like what can we do to get the rights mm-hmm. now to me that inspiration is done you should get something but i don't think you should have the rights to it because it's like i get it top guns would not exist without this article you need to come across the article to create this but also now that we're in sequel territory now we've already we paid you we built the world like your article wasn't about like tom cruise and goose and maverick and it wasn't about that it was about this that article inspired top gun top gun is now its own thing inspired by this piece of work and now we're taking those characters maverick inspired by the original top gun screenplay like now it's getting watered down it's getting more and more times removed to eventually where it's just like yes we'll give you something but you shouldn't own like the rights to all of this like now we paid you we got inspired we created our own thing our own thing was this story now we got the story thank you for the inspiration now we're going to continue with this this story you're good i i i'm i'm with you are they arguing that they want to own the thing i know they want to stop i think they're just throwing a fucking haymaker to stop you know, distribution or whatever the fuck that they're trying to do just to kind of get Paramount to be like, hey, you know, give me some fucking Ducats for this. I don't think they're trying to ask for the whole thing. I think they just want to get fucking broken off a piece. Yeah, it is. Like on June 6th, they asked Los Angeles just to immediately order Paramount to stop distribution of Maverick. They're also asking that a court rule that the 2022 film is a derivative of the magazine article and therefore... Uh, covered under the copyright ownership that Paramount did not have the rights to make and distribute the sequel and that they be awarded unspecified monetary damages. I just don't like seeing like, so whatever, like, it's not like, I'm almost sounding like pro owners, you know, like studios taking a risk. Like I get like it's a money-making venture and stuff, but it's, it just seemed like so much good. Like this, so many people were enjoying this. It seemed like movie theaters were back alive after, you know, everyone kind of being shut in. We're back there. It just kind of had this nice, communal buzz to it and it's just always some shit like this like somebody's getting sued someone's stepping in there and just being like oh like you know what like actually where's my check and it's just like you got your check like you yeah, got right, a right. check it's just like it's a little too like it's not specified the monetary damages so i mean i think we both agree they should get paid something but i don't like how it was handled and also like if they didn't get shit like i'd actually i, do, I don't like that paramount was like they're like, oh, really? I didn't, I didn't know that you had filed for termination on this. I didn't know, <laughs> really. I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the thing is, I think this all could have been, uh, you know, resolved if uh, they just, you know, like what they spent one hundred seventy million dollars on it, uh, one hundred seventy-five. 
fucking, you know, it's going to break the bank. Here. Let their beak a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I sound like a man now. Ugh. You don't. I love it. I love your point. This is a great point. Yeah. No, no, no. You're actually. I, I just, I, yeah, I think you should be inspired. Like, it shouldn't be like. That's how people get like you you come across things that they inspire you and create something and honestly like there should be things but now it's just like ain't nobody thinking about that article like this article is still trying to be a part of this top gun legacy like you wrote an article they made a movie about it now they moved on with all these characters they created and that's what the next movie is based on is like these characters that are being created that's what we're moving on with now your fucking magazine articles from 40 years ago you're you're very you're 100 and actually if anything you're pro like creation and the people that make this shit happen versus some guy who's on the sidelines. who's like, um, Hey everybody, I just want you to know that everything started with my article and then now defunct, you exactly, know, yeah. fucking That's magazine from 1983 yeah. that really didn't like, I didn't do anything with it beyond that. You know what I mean? We all learned about top gun, the school for the best fighter pilots in the world from fucking Top Gun, not from your California Magazine article. That's what that's what it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's like them wanted to be like an equal part of this whole creative process, and it was just like you wrote your eight page article, you got paid. Now screenwriters took this, they shaped a story, casting, you know, they got Tom Cruise on board, like they spent all the money, like they invested in the movie, they, and the movie was a hit, and now it's just like constantly showing up, like you deserve a seat at the table too, and you don't. That's that. Now, that's my now, now I'm in it. Apparently, yeah, Paramount just. Oh, you, was, was that the hammer? Was that, was <laughs> yeah, that the, the gavel. Yeah, Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> Sorry, really. I guess uh, piece of the butt. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Fucking, yeah, Paramount. Bury him in fucking, <laughs> bury him in fucking paperwork. <laughs> fucking, but fuck you, Yanni family. Oh, man, we're just kidding. We don't know what TikTok is. We're pro studio. We don't know how Bluetooth works. What's going on, bro? Yeah. You know what? I, I, but I do have to say, Paramount, come on, fucking. Who's asleep at the wheel over there? That's not like, all right. You're not seeing this coming. You're yeah, throw some. Yeah, throw, fucking... yeah, just throw him some cash so you doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You know, show up. Don't need a negative five. To Call this. your fucking Ray Donovan and get him over there. Get What's him up? Um, all right, hit the inbox real fast. We have uh, one from Emailer the Pod. We know who it is. Yeah. Thanks for sending. It. Wow. Uh, <laughs> prove it. Um, if you're walking down the street wearing your favorite sports team shirt, for example, a Lion shirt for you, bro, I'd be wearing sure. a Viking oh, shirt. Thanks. Um, a stranger then approaches you and says, "Hey, I'm a Lions fan too." It's weird. Wow. We set up in a <laughs> You're the other one. Okay. Hey, what's up? Um, if you wanted to test this person to prove that they were a super fan, what would be the one question you would ask them to prove their team's knowledge? So, okay, uh, please, both of your answers. Yeah, we'll give them both. Yeah, you know, for those people out there posing to be Lions fans. <laughs> not wanted to be uncovered oh, or found go. out. Another fake lion fan. <laughs> the up. fucking bandwagon lions fan that don't know America. shit. Just because it's so cool to be a lions fan. Uh, what's the one question that you? I'll, I'll go first since I'm just throwing this question at you. Had a chance to think. Um, I would ask, what's the most embarrassing moment as a Vikings fan? And I'll take two answers. If they're just like, I'm a Vikings fan. I'm just like, all right. What well, has been the most embarrassing moment of your fanhood? Um, I'll either take then bring it up that Mike Tice. Scalped his Super Bowl tickets. Oh, that's that a good one. Embarrassing. Always, always a shameful forget. I always that's so low on the the Viking totem pole of me thinking like you know oh losing multiple Super Bowls and Franz Arkenton and you know what I'm saying like I think oh my god yeah there. it's so, up there it's up there with like sneaking your family in the back door like you open the back door of the stadium because you don't want to give them free tickets or something like it's yeah. it's bad and then I'll also of course take the Dante Culpepper uh, their bye week the sex boat. 
the yeah, boat yeah, that's that what the I was team gonna, went I was, on. I didn't yeah. want to step on it because I knew this sex boat was rounding the corner. It's gotta be there. Was yeah. it that was Mike Tice too, right? Didn't the sex yeah. boat? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Tice yeah. running a loose ship. No pun yep. intended. <laughs> um, loose ship with populated by dancers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you call them dancers. You gave them yeah. an occupation. <laughs> I think they have fault. a different occupation. They were just doing their job. They shouldn't be the ones being embarrassed. That's their livelihood. That's their their craft. Um, beautiful. Um, thinking on this quickly, I would say this is this isn't really going to test your metal if uh, you're a Lions fan or not. Who cursed the Lions? And I'll even give you a hint in the year back in the 1950s. Who cursed? Oh, in the fifties. In the fifties. This is when we were still a good franchise. We had won, you know, uh, world football championships, titles. Um, I don't know if you're going to remember this, B. This is a tough one. But Ooh. I. But this is a Lions fan that's pointed me out of my Lions gear. Uh, yeah. It's called the Curse of Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane was their quarterback who led them to titles, was traded to the Steelers back, I think, in like 1955, 57. Drink, everybody. Mm. Actually, don't, because you didn't okay. know this either. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Unless you're a Lions fan and didn't know this, then yes. drink and take that take that Lions shirt off because you take don't deserve it. Take that fake Lions shirt off. You don't fucking deserve <laughs> to wear the Honolulu blue. Um, but, yeah, so he was traded away, and he literally was like, the Lions will never win anything again. Ooh. And prophetic, he was. That's why. Why don't we talk about this curse? This is a good curse, right? This, way I mean, the, if, the curse of the goat, all this other stuff. The curse if you want to power Bambino. rank curses, like curse of Bobby Bambino, Lane. that that didn't hold. Yeah. Bobby Lane's is that one's still cooking with gas. Yeah, by my calculations, in twenty fifty seven, we might be vying for a fucking title. Just kind of on the Bambino level. We're going to get uh, there. Don't you worry. Um, all right, bro. Good one. Next one. Stadiums. What are the top three criteria or features to enjoy a new modern NFL stadium? For example, must have ample parking or local restaurant options. Do these same stadium features apply to baseball or NBA venues or are those hmm. different? Um, all right. So what do we want to see in our NFL stadiums? Uh. I mean, so will the restaurants, that almost feels like outside, that's like the stadium experience. I can't really consider that the stadium, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, maybe it's just like, maybe that is the whole experience. Like he wants, he doesn't want like an Arrowhead Stadium where you're going to drive to the middle of nowhere and sure, sure, sure. Guess, like you want to kind of like in, in the, in the middle, middle of it all. Well, I would say Ford Field is pretty good because they've got like Hockey Town. There's a ton of bars down there. Like if you're looking for that experience. I would say yes, plunking it down with plenty of other stuff to go down to. Um, the Colt Stadium, Lucas Oil is downtown. It's got a ton of great bars in and around that area. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, but that's not, I, when I think of the stadiums, I think of like, I need, there, there can't be any bad seats, right? You got to be able yeah. to see everything. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll keep it strictly inside. Yeah, let's talk inside. Um, the food is almost secondary, but I would say like, you got to have plenty of like, like right outside of your section, you got to have like pretty much like a microcosm of what's throughout the stadium. Maybe there's some few differences, but I mean, hot dogs, burgers, you know, some sort of beer and liquor stand right outside of there. You know? Yeah, it almost needs to turn into like your own little mini city. Like yes. each section needs to kind of like thrive by itself within. Yep. Like you need your toilet, like your food, your memorabilia. Like you just need each one. So you're not like super long lines. You're not walking halfway around. You can pop up 
you can kind of still see like the game also like i like that too like when you can like some of the stadiums like i know going to anaheim like you can get your food and then you can still see like the game going on down there i mean that's baseball i will say say that public transportation is i think that is big because it's at the end of the day like you want to be able to get out of the stadium and you know it will be like i i think kansas city is a great example like sure i want to go see the chiefs game but like Sometimes if I'm 50-50 about it, like, I'm not going to head out because it's just, like, getting out of there is, like, a fucking disaster. Like, yeah, getting yeah. out of – you know what? Like, give me – maybe I'm being corny and, like, old. Like, give me security and safety. Like, if you get kids, do you want to take them to fucking, like, like a Dodgers game? Like, that shit just sounds fucking crazy. No, no, no. Well, it was just on the news that some fucking – the Rangers – Oh, the Rangers. The, did you see this? I yes. Just, I was literally watching it before. It's like, and there's like the one of the video. If you watch later on in the video, a guy's with like his teenage son. He's like, "Wow, that's wild." And he always has this like dad moment where he's like, "Stuff like this, you got to be careful. It pops up fast." Yeah. It's like, "Holy shit!" Like, well, the guy we- also like. So if you guys didn't see this, like, it's a Rangers, uh, Rangers Lightning game. Yeah. Lightning wins it a couple nights ago, uh, and they're going. And this guy's just kind of like cheering. He's not even really like John out this guy, but he's just kind of cheering. Like, whatever it happens, like talking a little bit of shit. And this Ranger fan, you know, he's like, uh, he's about four feet ahead of this Lightning fan. Yep. And then just with no warning, just turns around, like, and just full fisted, just like. Cold cocks. Like, just su- sucker punches, like, right inside. Yeah. And the guy just goes, like, stiff, falls over. Yeah. Someone else tries to, like, grab the guy. They did catch this guy, and he got arrested, yes. charged with two counts. But, like, another fan, like, tried to grab him and stop. And he assaulted that person, too. Like, that other fan that tried to, like, hold him at the scene. Oh, really? Yeah, because he, yeah. he was a youngish guy. The guy. Fucking, I, I'm over. Like, cut off all alcohol sales. Just no more alcohol sales in stadiums. Like, I, yes, I am. And it is, I mean, it is getting to a fever pitch where it's like, do you, you, I, I actually like this very much because I'm in this spot where I'm like, I get really nervous about this. Like, as, I mean, we've gone to games and like having fun and all. And it, by, by and large, it's very jovial. But it like, it, 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 it in that video, it just happens where it like in a flash where it goes from playful or like lighthearted to somebody who's like who's in a rotten mood and now is just gonna fucking sucker punch you. Yeah. Like no one wants to and I certainly don't want my kids to be around in that. And you see it every like you just see a lot of it online and I, I, I don't like it. Well, yeah, at the end of the day we just have to ask ourselves, we're getting a little off topic here, but yeah. that's what we do on the MAB Sports Podcast. Uh send us in an email and we'll decipher how we want this. <laughs> right. We'll get off to. off topic with that one too. <laughs> uh this is at the end of the day it's like what is a sporting event for? Why are they there? Like what do you want to populate it with? And it's like to me it's shitty that like kids that want to grow up and be like see their sports stars and like do it and like for the fans that want to enjoy a game have to question going or don't feel safe going i'd rather be like this isn't like an extended bar where the players play live in front of you right. you know like get the fucking pieces of shit like in the bars like where they belong getting drunk fighting each other and like let like get get rid of like boston get rid of the like fuck draymond chant like this is like let's just be adults about this and just like have like a sporting venue be a movie theater like whatever what are these other big things where we all like a broadway show where we all go together and we don't the the least common denominator isn't a fucking drunk asshole yeah this is the only yeah. place where it happens have some fucking decorum you pieces of shit fucking get it together motherfuckers fucking, I, I will mean... <laughs> i will roundhouse you in the face <laughs> you'll get your act right uh, I yeah. safety all of it 
you know, and then good baseball merchandise, caps, ball. Caps. I mean, I like a good helmet when I go to an <laughs> NFL game. I will buy a $45 helmet, especially with all that money that I don't have because apparently I just shut down all booze sales. But yeah, I mean, exactly. that's what it should be. Like, meet up with your boys before the game. Like, go to the bar if it's walking distance. Have your five or six before you get in there. Yeah, and then just, like, chill out and enjoy the game. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's no, there no. for. I, I went to I went to a Texas I went to the Texas Michigan Rose Bowl game and I bought an Oklahoma University hat because I thought it would be fun to doubly troll the Texas fans uh-huh. wearing my Michigan gear and my Oklahoma Sooners hat. It's why I have an Oklahoma Oklahoma <laughs> Sooners hat. I yeah. thought I was having fun. Literally then I stood the whole time with some guy who was fucking blackout drunk, was just slurring like Oklahoma Sooners. Oh, fucking, I'm going to punch you, Oklahoma Sooners. And he's talking to me. He's sitting right yeah. behind me. So I got this in my back here going, all right, is this fucking guy going to, like, swing down on me because I'm wearing a Sooners hat? Like, what the fuck? Come on. Like, don't take it. So Nothing ever happened. I'm still here. Yeah. But, well, I mean, you, know. you, just, you just have that look. Nobody tankos with you. Even if they have exactly. the height advantage. Nobody they do. They around. do. They Yeah, they've got, they got, they're going to send. Nobody's swinging down a most no, awesome. Huge mistake. It'd be the last swing you ever take. Exactly. That's what I said, too. Nice, bro. Menace. The Apostle Showdown. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. Just disagree. Right, top three movies you're excited to go see as a kid in theaters. It's good. I thought about this. Yes. A little bit because of the buzz of this Top Gun doing well. Um, doing great. 700 million almost, I think. Yeah, and it just kind of reminded me like when summertime comes around, you know, I have a Not my birthday. $15. They haven't seen my $15. They yeah, haven't seen it yet, bro. I know you nope. hold on to that. I'm I just give them away. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Boom, right there. Buy more Sooners hats. I see you, Sooners. Oh, fuck it. What's up, Sooners? Uh, yeah, just like it kind of summertime reminds me of that buzz in the stomach of just like that big movie coming out. And maybe yes. to give a good example, I can just start with my number three. But like, I remember Batman Returns. Like, that's my three it. spot. I have it in my console bracket. Oh, nice. Very yeah, good. Batman like, Returns was very exciting. It was like it was on, you know, it's really like when marketing for movies really started taking off you know i think our childhood was a little bit in that sweet spot where it was cross-promotional and i think that's what batman returns had it was like i think it was like taco bell right but it was just like all the fucking cups or maybe it was mcdonald's it was just like you know you would see all these different poses of just like dana devito's the penguin yeah. and just like you know all these characters and you're just like oh shit like i can't wait to see this and it's sequels you know sequels are really happening it's just like oh i love that first batman and now the second batman's coming back michael keaton's back like it's gonna be it's wild fucking, yeah this is as good as it's gonna get yeah. Nothing better. What are they going to do after this? I know. <laughs> there was nothing better. Fall <laughs> off a cliff. Right, exactly. Um, I have Batman Returns on my console bracket. I think this is a good thing because I think we might have a little bit of a of, of a wider gap just based on our ages. Because I was trying to think. I was like, some of the early, like I had like Star Wars on my console bracket, but not really because. Were you I old enough for Star Wars? No, I wasn't. Yeah, I saw yeah. them on like home, HBO. I was at a home box office, like a real old guy. <laughs> wow, man, we gotta we gotta start. Well, we're using, losing our younger audience, bro. We're sounding like a couple of 
Old hey, bros. Hey, bro, we got an email from a 17-year-old the other day. I don't want to. I don't yeah. know if you remember okay. this. Yeah, we're, we're fucking. We're I back, do. baby. Yeah, we'll take we're, it. We're we're <laughs> we are circling we're jiving back. with yeah. the new young. Cool. Okay, great. Kids. We're hip. Right. We're hip right. again. We're Thank hip. God. Back up, back up, back up. Um, but yeah, so it was it was definitely like a window of time where I could go to the movie theater, um, and I'm having a hard time remembering all the movies I saw in the theater. So forgive me, forgive me, audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember this one. This is your three spot? This is my number three. I do remember this one. In fact, I remember a lot of this, of how well they marketed this movie. Um, And I I distinctly remember when the movie finished, how I felt afterwards. I went with my younger brother, Wee Dawes. Shout out, Mm -hmm. Wee Dawes. Um, And uh, I'm talking Blair Witch, dude. Do you remember Blair Witch? Blair Witch. I remember they had like a faux documentary Mm. on on Blair Witch. Because like I was all in, I thought this shit was as real as it got, man. When I think you're a senior in high school, this barely yep. qualifies. Yes. I think you're senior, I'm high, a senior high school. school. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, but that's good because there is an excitement. There was, you know, that we were just getting on the internet as kids. Mm-hmm. Like people kind of figure that out, and like that whole campaign behind it. So yeah, I mean, there that, that's a good one. A little like right there at the tip it reminds me of my console. Like I wanted to put magnolia just because i was so excited about you know tom cruise pt anderson everything that yeah, was yeah, yeah. 1999 a little late blair was good yeah because that has that that tied in it was um, so and, and they whoever marketed that was fucking they were geniuses geniuses that's great um i will say brandon returns to the top spot right now through number three i'm ahead of you i'm okay <laughs> I'm all right day. perfect i like it i was like what okay yeah. um all right my number two spot here i really I went back and forth between number two and number one. This is tough, but my two is going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So this is like, this is your full childhood journey, just coming to this apex. Not knowing the actual apex was going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, which right. movie I was obsessed with. The reason I couldn't give that the top spot is because it didn't actually have Rocksteady and Bebop. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out when it was still like, so I think it was like 88, 89. Like we're still like, we're still making, <laughs> we're still making movies for kids. Like we're shooting movies for adults. Like that right. whole movie's fucking dark. <laughs> like it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. like, I, I think they hadn't really figured out like how many fucks and shits you could put like in a PG rating. Like they were just like letting them fly. Like movie's kind of scary. Like I think right now, like you wouldn't show like a six year old that, but I remember getting out of school and you remember this is the cartoon, the movie, nothing like the cartoon, the cartoons bright. They're loving pizza, the cartoon, they're to the ground. Like they're fighting over the same woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's just completely, completely different tone, but it was just like, I got beat and switched on teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh my God. Yeah. It was just like after school, like my dad picking me up, like in his, old cutlass and us like going straight to the movie theater to catch like the four o'clock showing and just seeing like the turtles because that's a big thing too right it was like live action like seeing these cartoon characters come to life in real life and acted out it was just like holy. were they just dudes in like a prosthetic suit is that what they were yeah yeah, Yeah. okay yeah they were like uh actual like gymnasts like but they looked pretty good though i mean it wasn't like they did it was great Yeah. yeah yeah it was like right before you know it's it's they were like Obviously, before this, like the big CGI move, but it was just like putting just a lot of a lot of money into costumes, getting the move. I remember that being like a huge deal, like Shredder scary shit. But you know, it was one of those where it's time took forever when you were a kid. 
you know, yeah. and the, you didn't have everything in demand. You didn't have like, you know, your rent movies that like we talked about on the weekends, like, you know, book club, you just stock up and you like, you watch the movies and stuff, but it was like, the preview was out and it would be like, oh, this movie comes out in eight weeks. Might as well be like when I turned like 26, like I didn't be able to wait that long. And then like it finally comes out on that day. Like you're just watching the preview. You're just fucking jacked. Yeah, you don't, there's no internet. So you don't get to watch the preview over and over. Like you're just watching TV, like hoping for it to come on. And you're just like, oh, like you see the preview for it. And you just like geek out. That's my And God forbid you're in the kitchen and you hear it. Oh my god! Stubbing, stubbing toes, dropping bags of Doritos to sprint, dude. And, just and fucking sprint to catch like fifteen seconds of it. Oh Plus they had god. a sick ass rap too. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Right? Is that is that was it or is it two? That secret of the ooze, buddy. Fuck, two. man. Oh, right. I already have point deduction on mine already. Man, I yeah. fucked up. You got it. Um, uh, uh, I'm gonna go with my two. Another sequel? No, well, not another sequel. A sequel. A fucking good one. Everyone gets stoked on it. I'm talking Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. Dun, 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 dun. Ter- so Terminator 2, that's that's like 89, right? Terminator 2 is, no, it's like 93 or 4 or 5, somewhere in there. 90, no, that sounds that sounds way too... 91. So split the difference. So Okay, so uh, how old were you in 1981? In 1991? 1991, yeah, sorry. 1991, 1991, I would have been 12, 11. Okay, okay, this this movie's rated R. (laughs) Damn it. Yeah, of course you're excited about rated. You know what? Like, I was excited about Tequila Sunrise, you know, when I was 10. But it's just like, I don't get to see it, you know, because I'm 10. Fuck, (laughs) I'm I'm having a false memory. As a kid, as a kid, yes. um, I, all right. I, yeah, I was born in 1960. I'll get that one. It's just like you talk about all these old. movies that you couldn't wait to sneak downstairs, <laughs> like play on the VCR yeah, or watch dude, through this. You know what? Look, the I'm squiggly 43, Cinemax. I'm 43. <laughs> fucking shits blending together. For our friend. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, uh, all right. My number one spot, which inspired this category because it's coming out. I have no interest in seeing it. I haven't seen any of them since the first. This is not one of those rare times. This is one of those usually tried and true times when the original outshines all the other fucking six or seven that came after it. The most excited, watching these previews all the time, summertime birthday, nothing else that I wanted to do than go to the theater and see this. And we're talking much to your turtles point, technology had moved on a little bit further, but we're still making the real animatronic things, big step in technology. I am talking one Jurassic Park. Yes, excellent. Real life dinosaurs hearing that screech, like it was just like you saw them, like it's truly why they make movies where it's just like eyeballs bulging out of your head, jaw dropping, loving every second of it. Yeah. Great. I love it. And, and, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's like, to your point earlier, movies in the eighties and nineties, like, man, they played it fast and loose. I'm just going to say fast and loose. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking real fast and loose. You got, you know, Jeff Goobloom who's trying to pick up on Laura there and really talking some spitting some game. And it's like, it's right over Absolutely. my head. Just Absolutely. totally missing all that stuff. You know? They got it. Yep. Um, very good. My number one. Well, I, let me guess. Uh, what, nine and a half weeks. <laughs> what do you got? Like blue, blue lagoon. <laughs> what's, your, what's your one spot? <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah. No, that's funny. Uh, uh, Cape Fear. No, I would have been old enough for that one. I don't know time anymore, people. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going with Independence Day. 
This is great. This is summer blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Everyone's jacked up for it. You got Will Smith. Yeah. You got the fate of the world fighting aliens. Aliens. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Aliens, Will Smith, like great cast. Uh, Bill Pullman. Great book. Really, yeah, like, really showing off some new CGI tricks, like yeah. seeing like the the White House or whatever blow up in in the preview, like on spaceship. It was. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think we really had a good Alien movie as kids because we were a little young for Aliens. You weren't because I know like you're... I remember going to see Aliens with Sigourney Weaver in the theater (laughs) just like it was yesterday. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big blockbuster. Uh, All right, there's no question. There's no question who gets the W on this one. Um, Hey, hey, audience, you think think it's so fucking easy to come in here? We have a rule. We try and sit there and not do any research whatsoever. That's That's what. God knows I go out on a limb and I can hear Brandana clicking-clacking on the computer to be like, what what, what year was that? (laughs) Yeah, it was just like, I was like, Terminator too like what it, it, you had to be able to go into the movie with your parents um all right guys um this has been most awesome bradana sports podcast episode 223 uh, i did want to drop some quick sports knowledge on you the only point i was going to make audience it was going to be real fast on the brandana gambling corner give us that jam real fast i'll give it to you guys you're betting mvp like and basically just asking yourself who has a chance of winning mvp and then do you see them winning the finals because the only thing you're looking at is you know if you think that this is a perfect situation too is if you think steph curry if you think the golden state warriors are going to win the nba finals do you get more bang for your buck with steph curry or actually betting the warriors to win it right now steph curry's odds to win the 2022 NBA Finals is minus 145. So every for every $145 you bet, you're going to win 100. The odds for the Golden State Warriors to win the championship is minus 130. So that means for every 130, you're winning 100. So you might as well stay with the Golden State Warriors as opposed to Steph Curry because you're not getting paid better money on Steph Curry winning that thing. And he's definitely going to win this, so there's no real reason to even bet on your next closest warrior, which would be Clay Thompson at plus 15,000. So the other direction would be if you wanted to look at Boston Celtics. So Boston Celtics to win the series right now is plus 125. That means for every 100 you bet, you're winning $125. Um, Your favorite there is Jason Tatum at plus 165. So if you bet $100, if you definitely think the Celtics are going to win, does it make more sense to bet Jason Tatum? And a lot of people going into this would be like, yeah, because you win... You just ask yourself, is Jason Tatum hands down going to win the MVP? And right now, Jalen Brown started out at uh, around 9-1 to or 8-1, to depending on where you saw it. And now he's down to 5-1. to yeah. And I would say if the series – what do you think right now? Like, if the series finished – like, let's just say it's a repeat of the next two games, and for like, but the Celtics end up taking game seven, but it's pretty close to the same performance. Do you, would you give the MVP to Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? And who do you think actually deserves it? I would. I think Jalen Brown deserves it, and yeah. I think I would give it to him. You would, okay. I would, yeah. I, I think he deserves. I mean, he's just been the most consistent player. Yeah. He's not the media hyped up player, but he has been the best player. And if Jason Brown has 
an off night. Let's say he goes like game one where he thirteen points, right? And nine mm-hmm. assists and kind of doing some other stuff and they get a win in like game five or game six. Um Jalen Brown I think would jump up a little bit more. Yeah, and I yeah, so I think right now your most interesting bet, like if you think the Warriors are gonna win, there's no reason to bet Steph Curry on that. Might as well just take the Warriors. If you think the Celtics are going to win, I think, you know, it's not really worth it. I think for Jason Tatum, just because Brown could throw a monkey wrench in that. So I would, there's no reason to get the plus 165. We can just bet plus 125, win 40 less dollars per 100 just to have the Celtics all together. But it would be interesting if you do like how this series unfolding and you see Jalen Brown still kind of staying that consistent. That could be a fun five to one bet, especially if you picture, I mean, if you picture the Celtics winning this, like, that's a little bit more bang for your buck, a little bit more of a long shot, but, but could be I, fun. I do find a very fun – I don't think it would happen, So, but I do find like a – how fun would it be to find a bet, way to bet like what if the Celtics win but still bet Steph Curry winning finals MVP a la Jerry West because he's been the best player hands down throughout the series. That's a that's a great point. When was the – I'd have to look that up on – Jerry West you, is the only only time that that's ever oh, happened. So, okay. And, yeah, and exactly. it was the first – finals MVP that they gave out. Now it typically follows the team that wins. Not, but I mean, not typically, like exclusively. Exclusively, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Did you yeah. Google that word too? Really? <laughs> clicking yeah. me what, what's uh, uh, typically happens all the time? <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, so reality. Right, <laughs> That's exactly. what we got. That's what we're dealing with. Uh, Yes, to stick with that, but uh, that would be interesting because this would almost be this would be most to your point where you know we don't see a, a lot of teams like the Celtics like this that don't have that. We typically or exclusively, I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't know what either word means. So, uh, I love you know what? I don't want to say anymore. I want to leave on that, guys. MVP Sports Podcast episode two twenty three MVPs of the week real fast. I have Steve Kerr um, coaching his ass off, and his big thing it just kind of culminated with uh, pulling out Draymond Green in that fourth quarter putting it back in there but starting to kind of work him out of the main rotation a little bit more isn't easy to do especially with someone that can be a presence is a polite way to say it as Draymond Green is but he does it because he's just doing what's best for the team and I weirdly think and they brought this up on the broadcast but I weirdly think that Draymond Green is someone that would kind of get it that as much as he yaps and stuff is still like what's best for the team and sometimes when he doesn't have it, like he has to be like, all right, it's not me being out there. But still, still hard for Steve Kerr to pull that trigger because there is like a little bit of, you know, you want to respect and thank the guys, but they're still actively trying to win a championship. So you got to put the best five out there. And it's hard. And it's hard at this spot with Draymond too, where it's like, I don't like, I think Draymond still thinks he can play level. He just was playing well before. So it's like, he's just, is it a bad run or is he just like, has he fallen off the cliff? Has he lost his ability to like be that? Yeah multifaceted game changer. Yeah. Um, I was going to go, I'll, I'll go with uh, the Weed Oz. My younger brother had his birthday on Saturday, or not Saturday, today's Saturday, on Friday. Uh, it's a little shout out Weed Oz. Happy birthday, sir. That's nice. yeah. I realize you guys, your birthdays are pretty close, yeah? Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, June 10th. Then I got the, I got the miss. I'm going to be on a run here of birthday MVPs. Got Dr. Mrs. The Commish coming up in six days. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2.0 coming up six days after that. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of June birthdays, my friend. June it up, bro. June it. Yeah, June it up. Uh, all right, guys. MAB Sports Podcast. Shoot us an email. MAB Sports Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandon. I want you to sign yourself off. Most awesome. Folks, little known fact in Batman Returns, 
Danny Mavito played the Pod Gwen. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion. Oh. 